story time. We're out here. <laughs> Reginstone back together again in the same space. You know, not necessarily social distancing, but, you know, playing it safe, uh, wearing protection. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap, wrapping it up. Your face. Wrapping up your face. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're out here, you know, living our best, I guess, pandemic lives. Uh, we're, we are men of the woods. Men, men of the woods. Men of the woods. We're out away from you city folks, away from crowds, <laughs> six feet at all times. You know what I'm saying? I think we're, I think we're about six feet. I could, I could move like we're, six we're feet. Good. See, now we see. Now yeah, we got yeah, it. We're, now. we're like, we're like we're properly socially distancing. Distancing, you know, it's something where, you know, you know, we, 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 we decided we're like for the fans. We're going to figure something out and get together. And we're here, you know, the out in places where it's fresh air, away from that city life. Indoor dining. Indoor dining. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking mugs of beer and commiserating on how great our lives are, you know what I'm saying? You know, out, we're out here deep, deep, deep in upstate. Deep you know, upstate. You know, with, with your rich white folks. Not 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 the upstate you think about. Yeah. Not Y'all think about Beacon. Yeah, nah. as upstate. Nah, we're, nah, nah, we're, nah, at, nah, we're fam. out here, you know what I'm saying? Summer houses, summer homes. Nah, fam. Chilling on fabulous like yachts. Trump country. We we are in Trump country. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it is what yeah. it is, you know. But uh we out here, man. We're good. Making like it, it it's, it's it's good to see your face. Yes. It's good to finally do this podcast in person. Yeah, it's been like <laughs> March, March, yeah, March, and we're we're in September. Yeah, so yeah, and you know, I guess I'll see you in six more months. Yeah, no, like, like, <laughs> we gotta go back into quarantine after this shit, man. Womp, womp. Um, but nah, man, it, it's been good. Uh, it's been a good trip, and you know, we both needed this. We, we're out out here with the people. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, what, what else can you ask for? Yeah, not much, not much. You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe you know. Hopefully, a, a non-world is crushing virus. Perhaps, maybe. We're, we're we're out here with the people like we're in Texas or, yeah. or Florida or some shit. Yeah, we're out here. Just 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 bikini tops off, partying, just hanging out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but uh, I don't know. Um, to start it off, I kind of I'm gonna dive a little bit differently. Um, so like two weeks ago, there's a young metal band called Power Trip. And the lead singer died, and normally, you know, cal- the, well, the calcish as well. Um, normally, the podcast is not necessarily about metal music, but I kind of wanted to shout him out just because he kind of bubbled up on my radar. Not necessarily because of the music he played per se, but the fact of where, considering where that group came from, is very old school trash metal. Mm. So if you think about '80s Metallica. Mm-hmm. 80s Megadeth, Slayer. You can kind of imagine the crowds that kind of loved it. A very specific red hat wearing crowd, I can kind of say. Yeah. <laughs> and what I found fascinating was the fact of that band was very progressive and would kind of go on like, you know, these very stodgy metal podcasts, metal interviews, and just be like, nah, if you, you know, basically you're like, we, even though we play redneck music, fuck you if you aren't for like Planned Parenthood. Mm. Fuck you if you aren't for Black Lives. Yeah. And the thing is, they were kind of big enough to kind of show up in bills with these older bands and they were kind of moving up in the ranks. So it's just kind of depressing because he died. So, you know, while the band was kind of blowing up. But what I found fascinating was that, you know, they made it a point, though, that even though they were in a space, it would have been very easy to be like, you know, we're not political. We don't really care. You know, shouts to 21 Pilots. They made it a point to be like, look, even though we're in the genre, which is very much white, dumb males, we're not, you know, we're not about that life per se. We're trying yeah. to do better. And, you know, it's very unfortunate. I could kind of tell because when I knew he passed, it was less about like, you know, even though surprisingly enough, like I guess they were big enough where I think it was People Magazine today kind of shouted them out. It was a lot of other because I follow a lot of other black like kind of hard rock musicians. Yeah. And they were like, yo, the homie died. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, so it kind of showed you like how even though he was in a space where it would have been very easy for him to be like, look, I'm this here of the long hair bros. I don't give a fuck about shit. He kind of made it a point to be inclusive. I think also, and not to say that kind of say is not take it away from what he was doing. I think it also helped that, you know, from Texas, mm. used to do a lot of things around the Austin area. Yeah. And also he was kind of a punk dude himself. Yeah. So he kind of brought the ethic that eth- of just the idea of where, hey, it's not just about long hair and fucking crazy riffs and yada, yada, yada. It's like we're trying to build a community here. You know, yeah. somebody falls, pick them up. You know, we kind of, kind of do this all together. Yeah. So 
in general, in a place of where it's very easy to be kind of a piece of shit in the music industry, yeah, <laughs> particularly as somebody in a popular band, mm-hmm. you know, just shouts to him, shouts to his family, and I, I, it was very telling because even when he passed, the family was like donate to, and I forget, I'll say it in, before the podcast ends, but basically it's a, a place for LGBTQ youth. Mm. So it was like, oh shit, even there, he's like made sure to kind of, you know, yeah, like so, you know, re- rest in peace, you know, Riley Gale. Long story short, that's what's up, dude. Yeah. That's what's up. And then I guess the other thing is, you know, this podcast is a little late, but, you know, Chadwick Brosman. Yeah, that, that hit me, dude. Um, and I, I, there's not a lot of connections to music here, but look, man, black people are going through some shit right now. Yeah. And, you know, we're on the verge of, for the most part, white supremacists getting reelected in like, what, two months? And, you know, it's, it's hard to explain to non-black people the power of Black Panther, right? It's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really hard to explain. Like, like, you know, like, I feel like other POCs might understand it, but, like, black people, though, like, the fact that you have a character, you have a whole story that is built in power, and like actual agency, <laughs> he's not just like For Captain America's sidekick. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, or it's fucking not Iron like... Man's sidekick, you know, who they replaced <laughs> in the second movie. And it's not like pandering either, where it's like Snoop Doggy Dog is like the main bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I feel like in this era where you know black people are going just going through. You know, uh, coronavirus deaths are like, majority black and brown people. Um, you know, unemployment is affecting majority black and brown people. Uh, to have the symbol of like black excellence get taken away from us is just really sad. So it hurt. Like it hit me like really hard. Um, Chadwick Boseman's death. Um, and you know, it, it it's crazy that basically. He was suffering with this for four years. He filmed Black Panther. He filmed like all the Avengers movies. He did all the press junkets. He did like, and press junkets are fucking crazy. Yeah, you're flying out. It's like 24 hours of talking, phone calls. It's it's you're basically insane. It's like and and you know you film the movie for X amount of months. You spend X amount of months basically pipping yourself out like, like, <laughs> to when, anybody who listens selling the movie that yeah. you started. I mean, like when I was in the music industry and like interviewing artists, they would say like the press junket was harder than any album that they, that they created. Right. Like, cause yeah, you have to basically start at say five or six in the morning, hit like the morning show, the like good morning America. And then you have to go all the way up to like five or six in the afternoon and hit the, like the late shows and you have to be on all the time. Right. And he did all of that shit. And didn't let anybody know <laughs> that he was suffering, right? Like, um, Ryan Coogler didn't know. Like, like nobody in his, like, you know, like, in the Marvel inner circle knew. Like, which is crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, no, nah, I mean, RIP, it, it, it really hit us hard, uh, hit me hard. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane for me. And, and what's kind of weird is it's one of the few times where it was a cultural moment. Whereas it's like, oh, like it wasn't, it's like, oh, when are you going to see Black Panther? Oh, it yeah. was kind of like, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it was in a space of where you've got all these things pulling your attention from music to movies to streaming to fucking video games to whatever to fucking TikTok. It's like, it was like, oh, we're going to see this movie. Yeah. We got to see, we got to, we got to edge out this two hours or so of space to go see it, be it your auntie, be it your fucking teenager. So it was kind of cool to kind of see that kind of the culture kind of coalesce around that. Yeah. And it was kind of a moment. It was something where, like, it's going back to that. And I don't want to kind of make it so negative, but just being in the way America is, just being the way, you know, it kind of robs us about these moments. It was cool for us to kind of sit down almost like a family. Yeah. You know, like, and it's like, yeah. oh, we're going to go check out this movie, watch it, to do the Wakanda side of the thing, post yeah. our, you know, post on social media about it. It was kind of one of the few times we kind of got a moment. Yeah. So, you know, it's something where, like, you know, props to him, props to all the creatives involved to kind of help that happen. And, like, you know, it's it sucks. And it sucks for us that we lost somebody so young. But at the same time, like, he made a fucking mark. 
So, you know, I, I think it's going to be very, you know, it's something where he's just immortalized. It's some yeah. shit where it's just like, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it's going to be like, yo, Black Panther. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's like it's it's, you know, it's fascinating for him to kind of made that mark while suffering through a disease. And it's something yeah. where I know sometimes LLC Twitter will be on some like, whoopity whoop whoop whoop, but if he was doing yada yada yada, then you know, why aren't you doing your stuff? And yeah, it could definitely be motivational, but I do think I'm thinking of, of the point of where like, A, you don't know what people are going through. Yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah. let's start from there. True. Full stop. And at the same time, it's something where like, you know, we all kind of have, we're all carrying things on our back. So we just kind of have to make sure that you know, we don't judge people for what they're dealing with and also try to pick each other up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like the idea that he was able to kind of contribute to the culture the way he did, you know, doing what he was doing, suffering through what he was doing. You know, it's fucking awesome. And like I said, it's a loss for all of us. But like, you know, all we can do is kind of push things forward. You know what I'm saying? He built yeah. something. He put some steps down. You got to, you know, add some more steps to that shit and fucking for the next generation. Yeah, so, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So rest in peace. Um. Yeah, and uh, that's that's that was that's that's that was just you know the, uh, the, the uh, happy segment of the, the yeah. Well, the I mean, are we talking about Travis Scott? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> Where, wherever, whenever I've been sad, I remember back in the little when I was a little kid. <laughs> the Happy Meal would make me happy. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what, man? Like, little packets of sodium <laughs> and cholesterol and diabetes all there waiting for me. <laughs> the ice cube sundae. <laughs> McDonald's will not be sponsoring this podcast. No, it won't be. They'll come murder murder us, though. Lord oh, knows they have enough money, too. <laughs> I was ready, dude. I was ready to chuck and jive, man. I was ready to be like, da 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 Shouts to Pusha T, by Shouts the way. Shouts to Pusha T, by the way. <laughs> Collecting the bag. You know, who wrote Shouts that? Shouts to Calvin. For everybody who's ever... Calvin's got a job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to everybody who's ever made money off McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to corporate branding. Oh <laughs> man, you know, look, look. I am a snob, and I like my artisanal, like whatever, grass-fed, pasture-raised beef. But back in the day, I would, I would tear through some McDonald's. Look, I can't. You know, all right. Like you know, now we're all older. We're all more cognizant of what we put into our bodies. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Organic beef. You know what I'm saying? The, the finest of hummus, my. <laughs> we were all young, struggling, you know what I'm saying? And let's be honest, if you wanted a cheap-ass meal before the rise of the dollar pizza, you know, McDonald's well, was right there. But see, that's the thing, too. McDonald's in New York is expensive as hell. Oh, yeah, no, it's... It's it's, it's, I, it's the least... is the, like, the most ex- expensive, off, off, like, offering in the least, like... Like edible and or you know whatever compared to like going to your bodega. Oh yeah, no, it's, going it's to something like you know like go to the corner of rapist stand like yeah. But the dollar menu, I feel like the dollar they had a little bit. It's not even the dollar menu in New but York. It used to be. I'm saying I'm it was like back. a three dollar menu now. Oh, come on, <laughs> we can't make these dollar fucking chicken sandwiches. <laughs> it's like we've already stitched together four chicken nuggets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what else do you want from our lives? You gotta make you gotta make profit somehow. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so we're talking about McDonald's um, because we didn't get that McDonald's like bag, nope. but Travis Scott did. <laughs> Supporting black people's careers. Travis Scott got the McDonald's bag. <laughs> so earlier this week, which I guess will be like last week when this podcast, you know, early last week, mm-hmm. Travis Scott basically said Cactus Jack times McDonald's coming soon right and i think everybody was like hype right everybody's kind of like oh snap like you know travis scott artist visionary you know like the the thing that he did with Fortnite was so like was actually amazing really dope what can he do for this brand this is mainline corporate america mainstay brand right what what travis scott flavor <laughs> could, could he genius add? When he shows what, up there, what genius can you add to this brand? When the Asher World roller coaster rolls up outside of your corporate <laughs> offices and he hops out <laughs> eating cotton candy, what can he bring to you? Yeah, and we realize that not much. <laughs> womp womp. Well, but, but again, like, I don't know if this is Travis Scott's problem. Like, so basically, everybody was hype. You know, if you read Hype Beast, people are like, well, Hype Beast actually went in on him before they announced. Like what the thing was, 
But like, if you were a hype beast that didn't read hype beast, you're like, oh shit, like McDonald's, man, I'm down, you know. <laughs> and it ended up being just a combo meal and a discount. Womp womp. Based on like, I guess the most favorite meal that Travis Scott had growing up. Which. <sighs> I guess you have to be a super fan to really fuck with that, right? Maybe, maybe he comes in a little Happy Meal, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, a little Travis Scott figure. But that's the thing, though. A Travis Scott box of, you know what I'm saying? But that's the thing. Like, that would be dope, right? That would be dope. Like, you know, you have certain select McDonald's, and you do a Travis Scott Happy Meal. You get the Travis Scott, like, fucking figure, and, like, and you get the food. That would be amazing. This is literally just a quarter pounder, fries, Sprite, and a barbecue sauce. He's just like number 14. It says Travis Scott. That's it on the fucking menu. <laughs> and that's it. That does literally it. That's that 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 is that is it. Like it's 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 a fail. It's a fail. And the thing is is to me there's an opportunity there because like McDonald's is kind of it's it's and don't get me wrong, it's still a corporate entity. So it's not like you could kind of snap your fingers and have a new menu. But they've done cool things in the past. You know, the McRib is on and off. You know, McDonald's has tried to revamp their fucking formula. I feel like it's failed all the time, but at least they've tried. Yeah. And then the other thing that kind of gets me is the idea of where, you know, even what he did, and like you said, it's just a half meal with just basically barbecue sauce. Like, even other brands have done a better job. Like, in and out you have the secret menu. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of ways you could have kind of taken this, and it just felt like... And, I'm not mad at Travis Scott because I guarantee you the check that got wrote was a hefty one for just basically like sitting in the front of a McDonald's menu and saying, yeah, give me X, Y, Z. <laughs> I would like to have a similar check for just doing nothing. But it's also something where you wanted a little bit more effort. And I don't know if it's just cynicism. I don't know if it's just cheapness. I don't know if the, like you know the supply chain to kind of fix things around. Mm. But it, it, I feel like it kind of fucks everybody up behind them. Because it's yeah. like, what do you do? It's like, all right, so homie is just putting his name on the fucking menu item. And it's like, that's not really interesting. Like Even even for both brands, for Travis Scott, it's not interesting. And you got like, you know, McDonald's has hits, bro. You know what I'm saying? The Monopoly game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Full dude. HBO show. FBI comes through. You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? I feel you. I feel you. Freaking Morty. You had niggas going crazy for fucking you. packets of sauce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. They've, and, they've, got, they've got a legacy of, of, of cheap fucking... <laughs> PR stunts that this doesn't hold a like it, fucking counter to. It, it, it came off as just really bland and really unlike Travis Scott. And also, too, like it, it's really weird, too, because I feel like if we go to this McDonald's <laughs> in Troy, New York, <laughs> can we like roll up and say we want the Travis Scott? <laughs> and like they know what we're talking about. <laughs> We'll, we'll probably get shot. Well, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, sadly enough, I feel like the, the, the white, cool McDonald's might know more so than, like, the hood McDonald's. They'd be like, what the fuck is that shit? True. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's it's really sad, um, you know, because we had the Yeezy Gap collabo, which I think fell apart. I'm not really it's, sure. Supposedly, he, he was posting pictures of them, you know, working on, you know, Interesting idea. You know, so we'll see if it comes out. Yeah, it, it's still kind of like a question mark. Let's just put it that way. Now we have this like Travis Scott, like Mount McDonald's deal that was. I mean, maybe it'll pop off. Maybe like Travis Scott fans are like, "Oh shit, I need to eat what he grew up on." Oh my god, Travis Scott, like XOXO. So you know, are we going to be going to McDonald's and ordering like celebs off the menu? Like they may get two Celine Dion's I mean, and a Drake. That's that's you know like, like that's what you do at the old school like pastrami spot. True, that has, like the you very know. true. Then me getting a John Travolta. But, um, but you know like like I I feel like we're in this weird space where again you have like these corporate brands trying to traffic in black cool, but they're doing it very corporately, <laughs> if that's a word and failing you know and it's just like another example i feel of again like like corporate america white america trying to capture like or at least you know like latch on to black cool and not really understanding the authenticity behind it um even if travis scott said oh this is like i came to you with like a value meal six dollars is gonna be this 
like somebody in that chain should have said this is not like authentic at all yeah. right and, like and it's not cool it's not like, cool the idea of where you know if if i'm if i'm you know we live in a capitalistic society everything has a value to it including cool right so for travis scott to kind of do this it's like mcdonald's is paying x amount for his cool but the fact that it's so uninspired like Travis Scott loses a little bit of that cool by giving him that name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like definitely. And, and like the crazy thing is, like, I feel like Supreme has set the benchmark for fucking collaborations with old school brands, right? Like, uh, shit, well, it's like Supreme did something with somebody. Champion? Was, everybody. Yeah, yeah, like, they've got, like, yeah, like everybody. But like, it made it to a point where like it elevated to it to cool. And there was like a joke where like they're like uh, I, was, I saw a meme it's like Supreme times Lysol wipes, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I can see that happening, and I can see people running to the, the, the Supreme store, the, right? The, the Supreme bricks, the infamous Supreme bricks. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I feel like that's something where, um, look, like it's a joke, but it. If they actually did that, that could have like elevated Lysol wipes to this era of cool. It's already cool. I can't find Lysol wipes, <laughs> but you know, like like beyond like beyond cool. Um, and I feel like that's what you need to do. Like you can't just throw out stuff, a collection of things that you already sell. You have to to create something that's an experience or something that's like rare and aspirational and like. Travis Scott did not do that. Yeah. And McDonald's did not do that. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I am not, I think we're kind of over the idea of selling out. Obviously, you know, f- from your Travis Scott's to your, like, your struggling indie bands who's like, likes things to commercials. Like, you know, it's, we live in the, like, the, wor- the world is a fucked up corporate ass place. So sometimes you have to fucking, you have to focus on the bag because that's the way the world's set up. But like, there's so many ways you can kind of do it where it doesn't, it's not just a cheap ploy. You know what I'm saying? And like, the, even like I said, you know, how we're discussing, like, even if they just put his fucking face on a couple of fucking Happy Meal boxes and got to, you know, hire a decent graphic designer or some shit, have, like, six of those bitches, yeah, like, at least that would be a little more fun, you know that, what I'm saying? That would be amazing. Yeah. And, like, you just, like, have one McDonald's in, like, L.A. or New York or Atlanta that sells these boxes yeah. from, like, for, like, two hours. Yeah. And have people line up. Easy. Yeah. Or, maybe, or Houston, like, what, you know, easy. Easy, or maybe even make it like do a good thing. Maybe give Travis the bag, but those boxes are selling. You give a dollar to like fucking something COVID related. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Do- it's 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 something where it's just like it's in a time in a time where we don't know how much time we have left on this planet. True, <laughs> it's hilariously uninspired, and and that's the only thing. It's like I'm not mad at the bag, I'm not mad again the paper, but at least entertain me. And this is just like a stupid story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's about it. I mean, on, on my end, I guess the last couple of weeks has been more new music shit. New music. And uh, I don't know. I guess we've got to talk about the elephant in the room. Mr. Nazir Jones. <laughs> you know what's funny, man? Like, I didn't know there was a Nas album coming out. <laughs> so there's no elephant in my room. <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, oh, there's a there's a Nas album coming. Like, what? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, even this, I feel like it's kind of kicking up. I can't say kicking a man when he's down, because Lord knows Nas is not down. I remember when Nas back at, up in Long Island has a mansion out in Old Westbury, you know, in Nassau County. So Nas is doing pretty well. Tech investor, yeah. restaurants, you know what I'm saying? You know, South Sweet Chicks, that, that's, that oh, saved yeah, me that's many. Sweet you know? Chick, man. Yeah, that was my default date place, man. It, it held me down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think it's um, so... Um, King's Disease came out um, two, three weeks ago. Nas' new album, you know, one producer, you know, Hit Boy. You know, on paper, everything here should be great. You've got, you know, singular sound. Hit Boy is very diverse. Um, and it's, you know, not to say too much, it's probably better than Kanye's Nas album. Oh, wow. But not by much. And I think the issue here is the fact of where. You know, a couple of years ago, we heard Nas came out. You know, Kanye had these all these albums about Tiana Taylor, Pusha T, yada, yada, yada. So the idea was maybe like, you know, these beats were rushed. You know, you know maybe what Kanye was doing was not necessarily in Nas's lane. 
I felt like for the most part, the actual musicality of this album, I'll say the beats themselves, and that's usually Nas's problem, where he's a shitty person when it comes to beats, for mm. the most part, are pretty solid. Like, Hitboy is a great producer. I wasn't a big fan of the, the, the I guess, the first song. I don't know if it's the official single, but whatever, the first track that leaked from the project that they wanted to kind of push yeah. the radio. Yeah. That was kind of like a, you know, by the numbers, Nas, Neo Soul Loop. But overall, the album is very well produced. That's probably the weakest beat on the album itself. Mm. You had, like, I think the first song is more like a Griselda where it's almost drumless. Like, they, they were paying attention to what's happening. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, all right. So, for me, where, so the, the bet, the, all right. So, the positives. The positives is the fact of Nas is still a relatively high, you know, performing rapper. Um, the tracks where you have some newer cats, like Five Year Foreign, Nas is keeping up, and Ferg. Yeah. Um, like you could see that as a space for Nas in hip hop. The album itself, though, and particularly Nas's rhymes and topics, are like boring old man shit. Mm. Like there's nothing really there interesting he's saying. And we had a discussion before where, you know, I don't want to be ageist to a certain extent. I feel like it's a space for rappers to age the same way authors age. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll never hear, like, oh, this guy's this guy too old to write a book. Yeah. No, this guy's too old to be a journalist person. It's the idea of where if you're somebody who's skilled with a pen and able to write fucking, like a Gil Scott Heron, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're able, if you're a skilled word, wordsmith, that only gets better with age, general. Yeah. And so it's weird to kind of see Nas kind of fall off. And it's the idea of where I think that he's kind of rapping about himself. And I think usually most of the time, but particularly in 2020, nobody wants to hear rich people talk about themselves. Even if they happen to be rich black people. True. (laughs) True. And... uh, it is kind of boring. It's just like, you know, you've got Paint by the Numbers Nas. You've got, like, the female upliftment kind of songs. But, you know, considering it's just with Khalees, it's just yeah. like it doesn't really hit the same exact way. Yeah. And the thing is, and, and like I said, he's somebody where Nas could write a really good... He could... he could Nas knows how to write. So I could imagine Nas writing a, 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 a fucked up story, but a very hard-hitting story about, like, domestic abuse. Uh, he could write. He could write a really good story about basically the way the world's going politically. Like he's something where Nas is a storyteller, and this album has no storytelling, and that's his strength. Yeah. So what you have left with is a rapper kind of talking shit, but not really do anything with it. It's just kind of Nas by the numbers. And what's kind of sad is the fact of where you know I'll admit it. You know I'm a Jay Z stan. Love Jay Z for a long time. You know greatest rapper in the world. Last couple of years, he's been falling off. You know, Beyonce's, you know, much better rapper than Jay-Z in 2020. Facts. Much better rapper, person. Facts. Facts, <laughs> Across facts, the board. facts. Yep. But it's weird because I always said to myself, well, at least Nas has always kind of aged gracefully. And this is kind of like a misstep where it's just like, oof. And it's like, it kind of makes you wonder where, like, you know, maybe he's kind of sucking the bubble. Maybe he's this, maybe he's that. And... I don't know. I feel that there's a lot of underground rappers who aren't necessarily as old as Jay-Z and and Nas, but they've kind of aged gracefully. Like, you know, they've got bodies of work for 20 years that are fucking solid. And it's kind of interesting to kind of see, like, you know, like supposedly, not supposedly, like, you know, some of these great wordsmiths kind of like rely on these old tropes and I think that's the problem I think the problem is that they kind of sh- putting these albums in just put it in and creatively they aren't really where it needs to be and, mm. and I think it's kind of a little bit unfortunate interesting yeah. well you know the interesting thing like I just actually looked at Nas's Wikipedia he's only 46 years old yeah, he's young I mean like all things considered you know like, like as a dude yeah. who just turned 40 yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he's not somebody where you know yeah yeah, and he grew up in that golden age of like he grew up like post rock hip, but but like, yeah, but, yeah, and he came out like he was eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So he's somebody where Nas rapping, and we had this discussion before. It's like you still have dudes around his age doing top level rhymes, like somebody like Raekwon is still doing. You know, you had only built for Cuban Links came out a couple of years ago, and. It's, I'm not going to say it's as good as the original Cuban Links, but it's damn close. We were all very yeah. surprised at the quality there. And it's because Raekwon still knows to tell a story. He's still t- telling stories about stickups going wrong. It's something where when you listen to those stories about Raekwon, you don't really think he's out there doing lines of coke or fucking quote unquote the Mexicans doing deals with Pablo Escobar, but he's able to paint a picture. 
a similar picture Nas used to paint. They used to be, you know, Nas used to be in the Wu-Tang albums all the time. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, so it's weird for him to kind of not be able to tap into that, where his contemporaries, a lot of them are still kind of doing that. Yeah, but, I mean, we when we talked in, <laughs> in the car. While we're drinking our, our mimosas. In the, in, the, in the podcast that we should have recorded. <laughs> For our Patreon <laughs> and our reality show, reality show, no, Zoom, you know, Zoom reality, our Zoom show. reality show. Um, I feel like both Nas and Jay Z are just like so far removed from that, like um, just aspect of life. Where I feel like Raekwon, even though he might not be in the mix, he's close enough that he can tell those stories with authenticity. <laughs> Whereas Nas and Jay Z can't, right? Like, like I said before, I was like, he could call. Like at the end of the day, Raekwon knows the guy could call to get him the brick. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Nas and Jay Z would take him a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> to find the, the actual, you know, the Dominicans who have the connects. <laughs> Where Raekwon could be like, you know, one text and then at his yeah. uh, at his house. I mean, and it's crazy too because like I, I don't know, um, but but yeah, and I feel like both Nas and Jay Z, especially Jay Z, like which. You know, Jay is at a point where he's he rapped about living the American dream and he actually gets to live the American dream. <laughs> and because he's black, you know, like Beyonce can't, is still not living the black American dream because she's a black woman. Yeah. Um, that just like whatever Jay says, it's just like there's no connection there, right? And, and and maybe Nas is kind of getting to that level where he's so far removed from the streets that he can't really rap about the streets anymore. Um, and you know it is what it is. It, it, it it's sad, you know. Um, and again, like I thought Nas was over fifty now, but he's not. He's forty six. Yeah. You know he's not. He's not that old that he couldn't be ear to the ground. But it's it's like but but, but like like go back to Jay Z right so why can't you do like a friend or foe like based off like scammers you know what I'm saying like it's it's like the streets have not changed drastically some of the hustles are a little different yeah you know you might you might get paid a little differently <laughs> there might be a little bit more credit card fraud involved but at the end of the day like the fucked up yoke that is capitalism still continues on like it's not like suddenly these yeah. references get you know but 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 Nas. Benefits from capitalism as a tech investor, like Nas. I I believe he invested in Uber. Like he needs Uber to win, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for him to get his return. <laughs> so you no, know, and you know, like Jay Z needs the NFL <laughs> to win, <laughs> basically for him to save face. But you know, but but still, it's just. They're so shrouded in that American dream that you and I really can't relate to at that level, right? Like, we think we're balling out because we got, like, the nice SUV (laughs) (laughs) in the driveway, but we're not, like, Nas and and Jay-Z level. Um, I I, I feel like it's tough. It's, it's, It's very tough for both of them to, like, feel like they can come back to the mic and be impactful. Like I said, I think it's if you're a good writer, you're a good writer no matter what. And I think they need to lift themselves by their bootstraps and focus more on their art and stop using these excuses. Okay, like, boom. like Okay, boomer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like anybody could come out there and half ass a job, but real American grit to go deep down inside your creative self mm. and make a piece of art, apparently these guys don't have it. <laughs> so it's time for them to go away and let a good young rapper like Jack Harlow come in <laughs> with the proper skin tone <laughs> and work ethic to give us the real hip hop. Look at Lil Dicky. <laughs> look, 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 look at Lil Dicky. He's got a TV show. Yeah. Like, no. look, look at this. You know what I'm saying? They, they, these, these N-words are just kind of slacking. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that it's, I, I, I see the point and I definitely see how they're far removed. But to me, it's a relatively easy fix. At the end of the day, I respect them as writers. I look at them as, you know, some of the, like to me, like the hip hop generation, these are some of the best writers you'll have, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's weird for them to kind of run into this weird writer's block where all they're doing is basically like like sending in like 
dog ate my homework, I'm riding it on the bus right before I walk in type shit. Yeah. Where I think it just requires a little bit more introspection. And like I said, it's, it's you know, Stephen King is not like running out of horror stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I would say like rap is the best rap, especially like the best East Coast rap is all about hunger. True. And if you don't have the hunger, yeah, you're gonna have mediocre rhymes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that uh, was disappointing. Uh, but to to juxtapose that, um, I got put on to a young rapper. Um, long story short, on my timeline last Friday a week ago, you know, there's a very popular video reviewer, um, Daniel Drop. And then somehow some shit pops in my fucking timeline where he's beefing, beefing with the 16-year-olds. That guy. Um, yeah, that guy. And then basically because he kind of gave us nine. Not necessarily he went at him, but I guess somebody in the comments, somebody in the Twitter world kind of made a reply like, hey, what about this new Red Veil album? And he kind of gave like a boor- you know, like boring, snide, emoji, emoji, emoji. Yeah. And then from that point on, we're at the races. Um, so sadly enough, and I guess even he kind of pointed it out where this beef kind of helps you anyway. Yeah. Um, I kind of checked out the record. And it was kind of fascinating to me because, you know, going back to the idea of Nas, where he's very much a rapidly rapper, and, you know, soul samples, you know, barred up per se. So Red Veil kind of comes from that where I believe in one of the critiques, maybe Fantano or somebody kind of threw out the idea of where he's very modern red Earl sweatshirt. Mm. Um, and you can kind of guess where we're going with this. Um, a lot of soul loops, some, a lot of them a little bit off kilter because that's what the kids like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Minimal yeah. amount of bump drums, not, not too boom bappy like the parents, <laughs> you know, a little reconfigured. And slice of slice of life flows, and it's it's something like for me, like when I heard it, because I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll give this. I'm gonna have to go for a trip in the morning. I'll give this a listen, and I kind of you know went through it, and it's a basically 16 year old dude from Maryland, almost called Niagara, and it's fucking solid as shit. Like riding through it, and I can kind of see, maybe this way, I can definitely see if you aren't about the culture how you might necessarily find it boring. Mm. Like, there aren't these angry, hyperactive hi-hats. There isn't this churning bass line. He's not talking about killing a thousand people. You know, it's not built, you know, it's a, I won't say it's necessarily a positive hip-hop record per se, but it's taking a slightly different perspective than what's popular in hip-hop. Yeah. So I could definitely see somebody who's not really married in the culture kind of saying, you know, blah, 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 this sucks. But when I heard about it, I thought about a lot of other rappers we talk about, you know, rapidy rap, soul bars, like from Earl Sweatshirt to like, let's say, I'll even say like a Mac Kami to like fucking Mike, who's based in East New York, back to even a Griselda type, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like one of the dudes where if it was the 90s, just be in that sphere of just like, you know, you, you could imagine the fucking, obviously a show that would end up with people getting shot. <laughs> yeah. But like the same with Triple Quest to be able to play with the Wu-Tang, play with so-and-so. Yeah. It's like, you know, generic hip-hop kind of bill. Yeah. And then for somebody who's that young to be that solid, it's just a great little record. Yeah. So I like to kind of juxtapose both of them. It's just like, you know, between Nas and him, because you've got, whoa, fucking 30-year difference. God yeah. damn. You know, you kind of see like the old generation and is it's kind of going and then not not be doing the music that they were doing at a high level anymore now. But you, if you want to kind of get that same kind of feeling, same kind of vibe, the young dudes are still kind of doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. obviously, something like Elmatic is a, you know, a once-in-a-generation type record. It's a classic, per se. Yeah. But if you want to have, like, fine, dope rappers doing, you know, rapping at a high level, doing shit that you liked when you were young, you know, you old fogies need to kind of go out there and dig a little deeper and find the new young and rap. Um, mm. all right, I'll check it out. Mm. Um, speaking of new young rap, uh, my selection for this week da, da, da. is Eminem. Ah, um, interesting. You know, Eminem is like a he's an interesting rapper where I don't feel like I need to listen to an album of his, but he makes good tracks, like track by track. It's really solid. Production solid. Lyrics are okay, like, but the cadence is solid, and you know he's a kind of West Coast rapper, kind of laid back, weed smoking, you know, like whatever. Um, and I've, I've always kind of been like, oh, you know what, I fuck with it too. Yeah, he's but, he has fun videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his videos are, I, I feel like, the best part about him. 
and, and not, like, it's, that's not a diss, you know. Like, I, but I feel like, like he, like visually, I feel like he's super creative. He's doing a lot of like really cool things. He had, like this video, like a song called Spice Girl, and like he's like reached out to like um, one of the Spice Girls to like rolled up in, in like like what's in the video, you know, like. I feel and I feel like like something like Caroline, which is like a huge, huge, like it had like five hundred million streams or some shit like that. Oh yeah, on the low, he's very fucking popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a huge, huge, huge video for like video for him, uh, streaming track for him to the point where like he can now leverage getting Spice Girls in his video. Uh, I'm not mad at the hustle. Like the hustle's really interesting. Um, he's West Coast, but he's from Portland. Yeah. Which, <laughs> as far as I know, doesn't really have a huge hip hop scene, and also probably didn't have a huge black hip hop scene. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it got because uh, you know it's, it, it used, they used to have a, it, they used to be relatively a vibrant black neighborhood there, but gentrification's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he talks about that. Like, like it's it, it's really interesting now because he's doing the press junket for this album, and Portland's. Shit, man. Portland's <laughs> Ground Zero. Yeah, man. Portland Portland's on one right now. And he's basically kind of like I don't really associate with these people who are protesting. These are like white Portland people who also gentrify black neighborhoods who are also saying Black Lives Matter, right? So like it, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting to see that perspective. Like uh, I think like uh, first, like second or third generation immigrant. His parents are, I believe, from Ethiopia. Um, so it's just very, really interesting to kind of see that perspective. Um, this album, I would say, is probably it's definitely his most mature. Uh, the album's called Limbo. He's very much kind of like, you know, he's like twenty seven, twenty eight now. You know, good for you came out. He's like in his early twenties. It was mainly around just like joking around, getting high. Like you know, like I, I guess like he got his first like album deal. He bought a Mercedes, like red Mercedes, like which was an amazing video by the way. But like you know, like like you know, it was just fun young dude stuff. Fun young dude stuff. Yeah, but like, but also too not. Not like trap young dude stuff where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, of course I got this Mercedes. Like, I'm in the trap. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> it's like more like, whoa, I got this Mercedes. Whoa, like people, are, you know, you, you know, that that type of vibe. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of that in Limbo, but there's also a lot of, oh, shit, I'm getting older. Oh, shit. Like, I'm with this, this one girl and like. I did like a pregnancy scare in like fetus um, and just kind of him talking to his unborn, unborn child and saying like, basically the streams from this album is going to pay for your college, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, So it's like, it's kind of him. Like he still has like, you know, like when you were like a reread and a couple other tracks, like he's still trying to be this kind of fun young rapper but you also see some tracks where he's just kind of like oh shit i'm getting older um so it's it's a really good balance um i feel like his first album was was dope like his second album i forgot the name of it uh wasn't as critically received and i think limbo is being more well received than this like sophomore follow-up which happens right like a lot of people their first album they're trying to prove themselves they're hungry their sophomore album they got like a little skrilla they got like a label deal like you know and like their third album is just kind of like oh shit like nobody like my second album i gotta prove myself so i feel like he's on that level with the third album um but even then like it, it's i wouldn't say it's like a something i want to go back to but i i have to say like like I support this dude. Like the visuals, the videos are great, and he's always kind of with his crew, and you know he's not trying to kind of be like. I mean, I, I guess now he like lives in L.A., but he's not trying to like. I think I I feel like he's still trying to be like as authentic as he can, right? In the midst of. <laughs> Now he has some Skrilla. Now he has some. Now he has the back, right? Um, so he's trying to like balance that. 
And I feel like he did a pretty decent job. So I'm not mad. Good shit. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I've paid attention to him for a minute. Like I said, we love his music videos. I think what's cool about him is the idea of where it's, and maybe we bring it, always goes back to Nasir Jones. Real hip hop forever. <laughs> but, you know, he raps from his own perspective. And it's something where you, he's somebody where he could rap about things that are happening in the street, but it's, you don't really get the idea where he's fronting about it. Yeah. You're about issues he's faced, you don't get the idea he's fronting about it. Even like you said, the idea of the word red Mercedes, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm flossing, flossing, flossing. He tells you how he got it, yada, 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 this and that. There's there's something where it's, it's there's a, there's an earnest there, or earnesty, earnesty? Wow, that's that's a new word. There's <laughs> an earnesty there. But, you know, he's earnest about what he's doing, and I think it's the idea of where particularly from that perspective, just because we're in a weird space of where, and it's a good space of where kind of music is kind of go, kind of going a, a, a certain way, where even depression is kind of worn, like emo kids, that makes the word sense. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to kind of hear somebody rap about self-doubt. That's just real reality-based self-doubt, that makes the word sense. Yeah, no, that's definitely. Not, that's not romanticizing the idea of where, and again, I just say there's anything wrong because definitely mental health has a stigma to it. But it's something where it's like, yeah, you know, I'm confused. Like, yeah, I got the bag. Yeah, my bank account is looking great. Yeah, I'm getting calls. And my, you know, because I think I saw him recently in a TV show, like doing a quick cameo. It's like, I'm getting these type of calls. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, I am kind of still scared. Like, I'm still a young ass black dude in a fucked up America. So, yeah. And this is what I'm going through also. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like he's like the quintessential kind of millennial rapper, right? Like, where, again, like, Growing up back in the day, you saw rappers flossing because, like, and now you know, like, half those people in like MTV cribs, like, they're like <laughs> the house is rented, <laughs> but you had to like maintain that lifestyle. And now it's like you see rappers where I feel like you kind of, and I look at somebody like Tyler the Creator who talks about like the fact that he has a McLaren, right? Like, it's weird for him to be in the position where he has a McLaren <laughs> and he's not like rapping about like, Oh, like bitch, I got a McLaren. It's like more like, Oh, I got this McLaren. I don't know about this guys, <laughs> you know? And I feel like emanates the same way where it's just kind of like, you know, he's, he's got some paper now and it's just kind of like, I, you know, like I got paper, but like, my my homies are still living with their parents, right? Like it's like a weird. I I sense a weird kind of like, like balance that him being like a millennial or like whatever rapper, as opposed to like somebody who's like always trying to floss. Yeah, uh, which is very very interesting, you know. And I I feel like it's going to get more interesting as you get older, right? Like I feel like look at somebody like that, and look. We also talk about Drake, but like we look at something like Drake, where you have he's probably the, like the last rapper that that's like a pop star, where he like Drake is now like in, in his mansion, <laughs> quarantining, hundred million dollar mansion, like whatever. Um, and I feel like now this next generation of, of quote unquote popular rappers, not that they don't want the mansion, it's more of like the mansion is just like a side product of like my hustle. Right. And like, and I'm still like looking at other people who are just like suffering right now. And I got this mansion and I got this Bentley. And I feel like that, that's where I feel like Amine is coming from in terms of like aesthetically, you know, which I appreciate, you know? So, yeah, no, like like I said, it's a space of where, and you know, like, um, I look at it where it's cool to kind of see somebody successful, but have that self doubt. Yeah, and and like it's 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 very telling because you know, um, survivor's remorse. Yeah, you know, is that that idea of where like, all right, we're doing these things, but I also have this and that because you know, it, and it's not even about it's not a hip hop. It's just America. It's America to sells you of that where you know you do a little bit of shit, you work hard, you get fame, and that's it. You ride off into the fucking sun. Yeah, and it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I wish, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's good for him to kind of give, you know, both sides. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Cool, cool. And uh, what else? He listened to Stone. Uh, so I was going to save this for next week, but I'll, I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to disrupt the algorithm. 
the algorithm knows I'm black mm. and only just like sends me R&B and like like London jazz. That's very so. cool. Very, very much a part of you, Stone. You know, you're out there, <laughs> you know, in the finest of, you know, lost spaces, masked up, you know, you know, chilling out there, very international, you know, listening you know, to the, you know. You know but I did the same I thing know. also. Like, I, got my, I got my little, you know, London R&B scene, R&B jazz. <laughs> Shabazz, no, Shabazz. Um, who's, the, who's the saxophonist from um, Sons of Kemet? Hutch, Hutchins, Sebastian Hutchins. Oh yeah, 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 he's dope. Yeah, but um, so anyway, like I, I, I need to listen to some to some shit with guitars. So I, I listen to, uh, the Doves, um, Lost Lost Souls, um, which is an amazing album. I mean, that's like the fucking twentieth anniversary, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me feel mad old. <laughs> um, and then I listen to a couple other like rock albums, and then. Uh, my homegirl and then the algorithm. I feel like at the same time recommended uh, Bully to me. All right. Um, so Bully is uh, I forget the 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 lead singer's name, but like basically it's her project. Um, and it's basically super melodic rock music that harkens back to um, you know, whole. Back in the day, garbage, you know, Liz Fair, just like super aggressive, white girl, angry rock music. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's really interesting because I know we've talked about the death of of indie rock. And I feel like indie rock is a a weird place where it has no soul. Um, It's the whole aesthetic of indie rock now is pushing 30 years old and nobody's really trying to invent the reinvent the will and uh this latest album for bully sugar egg like does not reinvent the will but i'm also i just turned 40 this week so i'm also like i kind of need that nostalgia <laughs> you know let's bring it back to alternative nation you know yeah what I'm you know back so. to the, R- the rem post on the wall uh, bro, like all white <laughs> high school man i had no choice you know um so yeah, it's like one of those things where I don't think the album is trying to set any new ground, but I feel like we're so far removed from that that earlier '90s era that it feels fresh and new. And I think one of the things that's really cool is the lead singer, and I completely forget her name. Um, she does a lot of the production, and she does a lot. Of, like I mean, she does the songwriting, but like she's very heavily invested in. The production side and the production side is not just like oh we're gonna play these guitars there's pop melodies there there's like lyrics there there's like um choruses there that really kind of catch your ear um to the point where again like like somebody like hole was played on M- mtv and i feel like it's kind of trying to like harken back to that era where you you kind of had guitar rock but it's like pop driven um, and then the, the lyrics are very, you know, it, it's very interesting. It's very kind of, um, you know, uh, she's bipolar. And so she talks about that. And she does a way better job <laughs> than Kanye. So he, he who will not be named. <laughs> you know, but, you know, but it's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to, like, disparage Kanye. But I, I do feel like people were myself included was saying like oh Kanye's bipolar this is like huge bipolar music but I feel like this is like a well put together album by a, a bipolar artist and, and that shows you the struggle as opposed to just saying that you know yeah uh, you know making a, a pop song about wanting to kill your wife yeah 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 um and you know she can't keep a man apparently <laughs> um so a, what is a white woman to do <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know um so there's a lot of lyrics around that but I, I feel like in terms of Again, if you kind of grew up in that guitar rock era, um, this this album is great. If you didn't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I hope that we kind of look inward in terms of the music and kind of like the era comes back um, because I I do subscribe to a few different indie rock playlists and it's like Fontaine's DC and a bunch of like white dudes making beat music basically <laughs> you know so I, I would love to see 
guitar rock kind of come back. And I, I feel like, why not? I'm going to throw this out there. I feel like it will just because, like, in a live space, you it's really hard to, and as, as I go to a whole bunch of weird, like, laptop-based type shit, it's really hard to kind of beat, like, like life amps and life instrumentation yeah. like coming at you. Like, there's something about that where it just naturally feels more alive. Yeah. So I think there's a space for that. I think that once, you know, either the world ends or you move on, like, it'll come back. I just think it's not to be funny, and I don't want to point fingers. It's probably a bigger podcast. It's kind of their fault it fell off. You know what I'm saying? It's, I, I don't, no, yeah. it, 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 it's... And we talk we yeah. talk about this. Like, like the whole genre of quote-unquote indie is very much... Number one, it's racialized. Oh, and number two, it's... Fuck. it's, it's <laughs> They're not talking about what's happening in 2020. They're talking about like the fact that they can't cue a man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already kind of like it, they're utilizing their privilege. And it's already like displaced from, I feel like, where America is. Um, whereas I feel like hip hop is always had the pulse of the culture. Um, even if they don't directly speak to what's happening, the nonchalantness of like, say, mumble rap is because the world's fucked anyway. Why do I need to put in the effort <laughs> to make bars, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I so anyway, all that, all that to say, like uh, the album Sugar Egg by Bully, really dope. If you grew up on or you like like Liz Fair, Hole, like those artists, I feel like a similar vibe. And I feel like if you're an old man like me, you know, you're getting a little nostalgic. Scratches that itch, you know what I'm saying, back in the days. You know, <laughs> So, uh, Kurt Cobain, you know, yeah, fam. on on the wall. For me, it was Radiohead, fucking uh, OK Computer. I, you know, this could be a podcast, but like, I like OK Computer Kid A five times better. Shoot, that's, okay, but that was that was that was past that. That's when they did. <laughs> that's when the guitar rock, the, the kids discovered laptops were cooler, and it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> Like, True. They were like the radio. What are they doing? They like they got rid of their guitars. I guess you guys do that shit also. And then well, that was it. The album they had the uh, shit, man. I'm forgetting. I'm blanking. Like their free album. Oh, you don't know. They 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 came back. That album was amazing. Yeah, no, no. They, they, they like in rainbows is fantastic. In rainbows is my yeah. favorite album. But I felt like you were here. I feel like that was their plan though. I feel like Radiohead was on some like you know. We come out of this record. It's like no guitars and shit. It's just like everybody's like, "Fuck, this is fucking they're the number one band in the world." They gave up guitars, and so everybody started doing Cincinnati music, and they were like, "Ah, fool, Joe!" They went right back <laughs> to guitars and dropped another banger, and then now and now, and now everybody's doing something. Yeah, now they're stuck. They sold the guitars, man. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive as shit. You can't buy. It. It's like, damn, <laughs> I gotta learn these chords again. Yo, I do, I do, I, I, I do have to say, when I was doing like the the, the show in at South by. And like I had to rent a guitar amp, and I roll up to the like the guard like the rental store, and they're like, "Oh, well, you have to put the value of the amp on your credit card." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck, really?" And they're like, "I'm like, how much is it?" And it's like fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> and now I'm just like, these white motherfuckers are like destroying shit on stage. <laughs> oh, it's and and, the, and the, I own some guitars myself. I own some amps. <laughs> Even your cheapest of the cheap is still hundreds. I, yo, I was so pissed. I was a yeah. pissed off black man. Like like a Marshall stack is like a G, dog. So when Dude. Nirvana's out there destroying that shit, yeah. somebody in the back is fucking freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, and like all I was doing that whole show was like looking at the amp. <laughs> I was looking at the amp, you know, because like, I'm like, yo. Like. <laughs> Nobody spill a beer. Yeah. Nobody even look at this sideways. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you motherfuckers. Like. <laughs> It's it. Anyway. But, you know, as usual, we love y'all. Yeah. Fam. Even in our palatial, you know, social distance world as we drink the finest Bro, craft this, beers. We we are in a space that's bigger than any New York apartment oh, I've, it's, I've ever it's, lived in. Oh, we should film a hip hop video. You know, perhaps we can do that while we're here. Oh. No. You know? Like, the kids don't see this, but we have the lighting. We have, like, the fucking, like, <laughs> strobe yeah. lights and shit. All I need is, I, what I'll do is I'll get some oregano and I'll start rolling it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like, like, like Reggie's bed, like bedroom is like the fucking love hotel. Oh, it's, it's neon got, it's got, everywhere. It's got the bisexual red lighting, man. Like I'm yeah. telling you, I'm gonna be out here. Yeah, we'll film multiple videos. I'll use that room for like the like I guess the R&B flavored track. <laughs> you know, I'll be I'll be heavy auto tune, thinking about fucking you know my girl who left me. 
this you know living room scene will be this basically i guess we'll get some get some fake guns maybe I mean, you know, like some, a scale, digital yeah, scale. You yeah, know what I'm saying? We could do yeah, that. You know, yeah, some, you know, some some baking show soda yeah. for you know. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah. outside, I guess we'll do like the nice area where we do. I guess fucking who's that b- band that tells us the new Al- oh Earth Gang? Mm. Suppose the new Outcasts. So that's what we'll do. The you know our little hipster. They are not. Yeah, they're not at all. You know that's what we'll do. We'll do our neo soul out there. I could wear a head wrap. That's actually, that's actually not bad, you know, because like we'll be in the woods, like yeah. we'll be like connecting to nature, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, um, I'll be out there, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll my head wrapping like he, like my Rhodes piano, <laughs> <laughs> somehow magically in the middle of the woods playing notes you know, that like, without being connected to anything. Of course, of course. Like we, uh, this is a vision. This is the vision. We got we got to make this happen. You know what I'm saying? It's all about content. <laughs> Not quality, just content. That's right. But as usual, guys and gals, we love you all out there. Stay safe. Stay loving. I don't know. I was going to go with that. We love y'all. We love y'all, damn it. We need more love in this world. More love. More love. More love. Once we kill our enemies, more love. (laughs) 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 But on that note, we love y'all. Peace. Peace.